Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I am your host, as always, the caffeinated Clinton Robison. If you're new to this show, thank you for joining in at, um, you know, 80-something episodes in. Random place to start, but glad to have you here. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for sticking around with us. As you know, this is, of course, the show where I try to look at a comic more or less in the span of time it takes to have a nice little coffee break. And our comic this time around. Oh, ho, ho. Well, I'm sure you've looked at the show notes, but for those who somehow missed it, we are looking at Usagi Yojimbo, number 31. Specifically, volume 3, number 31, from Dark Horse Comics. From September 1999. I mean, come on, folks. It's the year of the rabbit. I wasn't going to let Usagi Yojimbo pass me by, right? Right. Uh, I mean, the, the folks over at Ronin Rabbit can't have all the fun. Well, they can, because they do. But, you know. Oh, but before I dive into this one, for those of you who may be a little unfamiliar with Usagi Yojimbo... He is the creation of Stan Sakai. Usagi is Japanese for rabbit. And you may be familiar with the term Yojimbo. He is, uh, well, I mean, let's, let's just put it plainly. Usagi is a ronin. He is a wandering samurai. Usagi Yojimbo is set in a world of, um, well, how do they put it? Funny animal characters. You know, kind of like... Um, the, the Zoo Crew and Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, th th that kind of stuff. But not quite played for laughs. There are gags, but it's not a humor strip always. In fact, you know, more, more often than not, the, the uh, stories are serious in tone. Ah, but I am sidetracking a little bit. Some of you may be familiar with Usagi from his appearances on the various Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon series. That's right, folks. Usagi has gotten action figures and cartoon appearances on Turtles shows and merchandise. And uh, the, there was uh, the Usagi Ojimbo Netflix series, which... Uh, takes a different take on things, as Netflix series tend to do. But I am highly impressed with the art on it. I haven't actually watched any of the show, just the trailer. But, hey, you know, there's that out there too. So, 
as per usual, let's take a look at the comic. Usagi Ojimbo, number 31. The story is titled, The Inn on Moonshadow Hill. Usagi Ojimbo is created, the story written, and illustrated by Stan Sakai. Our hero Usagi finds himself wandering through a mountain forest at, well, at dusk. It's not night yet. It's, it's dusk. And he comes across one wandering, well, NPC, who informs him that there are no inns around except for the inn on Shadow Mountain Hill. I'm sorry, the inn on Moonshadow Hill. Man, I keep saying that wrong. This is probably like my fifth take, but it's the one that's going in. Anyway, Usagi comes across a sign that says to be uh, wary of... Well, I think it, it translates in the footnotes as haunts, you know, so it would be like spooks or ghosts or whatever. And Usagi, of course, you know, there's no such thing. Until he encounters one who chases him to the edge of the forest where he does find the inn. At the inn, there are many people, you know, taking shelter from the ghosts of the night, as well as locals who are uh, actually just interested in seeing the uh, comings and goings, and actual travelers here for ghost watching. Yeah, it's like, like the people that take the ghost tours and everything else. Turns out this is um, a pretty uh, popular pastime in the area. Osaki runs afoul of a merchant who pretty much just insults Usagi's honor and then bets him, uh, I forget the exact amount, but it it works out to be quite a lot of money in their world that Usagi cannot go and retrieve a stone, a marked stone from a graveyard with all the, the hauntings going around. Well, of course, you know, Usagi's got to answer the challenge to his honor. So he makes his way out into the forest kind of wary of all the ghosts and definitely encounters them until he makes one wrong swipe with his sword and realizes it's all puppetry put on by the innkeeper's daughters. But, you know, one thing leads to another. We find out that it's all in good-natured fun. It's actually bringing, um, bringing income to the area it has become <laughs> tourism has become one of their chief uh, chief sources of income so usagi manages to get the stone play up the ghosts run back to the <laughs> to the inn screaming and yelling it puts on a bigger show than all of it combined produces the stone makes the guy pay up and then gives the stone to the innkeeper saying, oh, by the way, your daughter said to tell you they want boiled eels for breakfast. And, I mean, that in a nutshell is the story of 
this issue. So I will take a quick promo break and be back with my thoughts. Imagine a podcast that celebrates the things we love. Why spend time being so angry and cynical about our fandoms? Join me, the Irredeemable Shag, for a show where we're just trying to be happy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast. Our discussions focus on a variety of geeky subjects that we're passionate about. While the topics will be ever-changing, our focus will be on science fiction, comic books, what it means to be a geek in this world, and other nostalgia-fueled ideas. Life is short. Focus on the positive. Find your joy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me. Oh, my gosh. This is such a fun story. I know I don't really convey it as well in my coverage because it's just a, hey, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. I I know it can be said for a lot of comics, but this is one you really have to read and see to get. The, the story is good. It's solid. It's really neat. You kind of figure it out a, a page or two before Usagi does. But that's fine. That, I mean, that's still only about halfway into the story. So that's a good pace. And that's a good time to figure out the twist. Even if, you know, it, it's pretty, pretty much right there. But, uh, you know, kids might not get it at first. That's that's true. This is this is a great story for Usagi as a character. It's a good introduction story to Usagi because this was one of my first ones to read, as far as actual Usagi Yojimbo comic stories. It's a great way to get a feel for Usagi as a character to kind of understand his world. That it's basically feudal Japan, just with funny animal characters instead of people. You also get a real good taste of Japanese culture in this. There are a lot of uh, a lot of the supernatural creatures that they portray are one hundred percent Japanese. That there's no other way to say it. They are. Japanese folklore characters. I mean, there's an umbrella that hops around and a leg with an eye and hair. These are creatures that are absolutely Japanese folklore that you cannot even fathom. I mean, they probably look at Bigfoot and Mothman and they're like, oh, oh, you do the pedestrian cryptids. Yo, come here and look at the kappa and this hopping umbrella creature. <laughs> you know, and no, I'm not making fun of them. I love these concepts. Okay, so I know you're going to ask me about the art. I love Stan Sakai art. I, it's hard for me to be critical. So um, I'm just going to tell you, it's cartoony. And in the best possible way of calling it cartoony, because... Everything Usagi Yojimbo feels like an animated series on paper, and you love every second of it if you love animated series of anything, I promise you. It is... 
westernized manga style might be a good way to describe it, but n at the same time, no. It's it's a, it's its own thing. It's it is cartoony in the same way that Gru is cartoony, but not in the silly comic strip Mad Magazine Sergio Aragones way that Gru is. Usagi Yojimbo is is pure Stan Sakai, and if you have no experience with Stan Sakai, then you're in for a treat if you ever see this. I promise you, every, the expressions are exaggerated, but not in a way that you feel like they have gone... How do I want to say it? Uh, the, they don't jump the shark with it. It's it's exaggerated in a way that fits perfectly with the story and the environment and everything else. Oh, gosh, it's... I don't have the proper words to convey what is going on in some of these things. Like, for example, on uh, page 13 of this, if you have the, the book at all, the second panel on page 13, Usagio has this... Scream and cartoony Bugs Bunny exaggerated eyeballs and everything kind of look to show his shock and terror. But it, I mean, you laugh at it. It's intended to be laughed at. But at the same time, you're just, you're not, you aren't, you aren't put off by it. Uh, the double-page spread on 14 and 15 of Usagi finally seeing all the creatures at once. That is wonderful. That would have worked as like some kind of pinup back in the day. I promise you, it really would have. Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, as you can probably tell, I... I I wholeheartedly recommend this issue and probably everything else Usagi Ojimbo you can get your hands on. Uh, the storyline that, like right before this or within two or three issues ahead of this, is a murder mystery. So, you know, this is like the lighthearted come down episode after a, a few serious takes if you want to look at it that way so yeah there is a world of wonderfulness in Usagi Yojimbo that you need to check out every story is different the cartoony style works for it it can range from kid friendly goofball antics to as I said the, the murder mystery serious crimes and storylines but the art never changes the stories are still so cohesive so wonderful and they draw you in in such a way that i promise you three pages into it if you had any reservations they will be gone so i'm going to take another quick promo break and come back with some listener feedback do you remember your first comic book 
Do you remember the first time you held a cover in your hand and you flipped the pages, you read the adventures of these amazing heroes, and you really fell in love with the medium? The first time you bonded a character to a team, to a company, and you knew, yep, I'm in this for life? Well, so do we. So join us on the never-ending reading pile from the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network, where we proudly don our nostalgia goggles, we dive into our favorite comics, our favorite eras, our favorite characters, our favorite creators, and we just bask in the glory that is being a comic book collector. Come join us and help us chip away at the never-ending reading pile. All right, folks, this is the feedback portion of the show. Thanks for sticking with me. Last episode, as you'll probably recall, was part of the JL May crossover where Billy D and I covered, uh, oh gosh, it was um, The Brave and the Bold number 14. Sorry, I couldn't remember the issue number there for a second. It's been a little bit. So, this probably got some of the biggest coverage of any episode, and I thank everyone for doing the likes, shares, retweets, all that. And I also want to thank everybody who participated in JL May and everyone who just spread the word about anything JL May. Everybody worked hard on it, and it was so appreciated. So, last episode got all the social media love from Billy D. Chris Lydon, Gregory Litchfield, Fritz Freakenstein, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Stephen E. Shind, Longbox Crusade, Warlock Thanos Podcast, MAQ, the Comics God and Monster, John Schaefer Hames, Colt at Colt underscore Mandelwolf, Chris Tados, The Bat Pod, Laurel at Mountainflower One, History of Comics on Film, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Rob Myers, Bill Beer, Pat Sampson, The Blog of Oa, Michael Kirkland, Diablo Frank, Mike Garvey, The Irredeemable Shag, Sean M. Myers, Jared Albrecht, The Yard Sale Artist, Dr. Pop Culture, BGSU, Keith G. Baker, the Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Lucretia. Justin Steiner. Ride on Network. The Daily Rios. Game of Trolls. Longbox Review. Lizanne Oswalt. Anna. And Ruth and Darren Sutherland. Over on Twitter, the LanternCast said, Another installment of JL May 2023 is here from Coffee and Comics. This one is a massive undertaking this year, so a linear release schedule is difficult. But please, keep your eyes out for all of JL May throughout the entire month. That's right, comic podcasters unite. You said it, LanternCast. Sean from Secret Wars and Beyond says, Two of my favorite podcasters and people covering an awesome issue. Listen in. Well, Sean, you would know. We got an email from Jason Zeller. Jason says, Hi, Clinton. Hooray! Time for another JL May. This was a very enjoyable episode with you and Billy D on for this issue. 
I had never read the story before, so I dug into it and, of course, had to read the next one as well to see how it ended. This was quite the cliffhanger there. I bought The Brave and the Bold Trade of Volume 1 collecting the first six issues of this series, called The Lords of Luck, due to the story having the Legion in it, but have not previously read any other issues of it. Siege at Nanda Parbat did a great job of building up the huge threat of the ghost killers, just taking everyone over and killing them instantly as soon as they were possessed. With this instant fatality they seemed to inflict, I did not understand why they were trying to gather weapons and explosives to instill fear. Why not just the fear of body-hopping assassins that could take one out instantly? This would create widespread fear and paranoia in which people would fear each other and isolate themselves. Very good point there, Jason. Stopping these guys seemed like an impossible task for Green Arrow and Deadman to accomplish. Siva Anotara was deemed an unstoppable bad guy, and it was, like you both said, and it was disappointing seeing him waddling around like Jabba the Hutt. Great analogy, guys. That's true, you know, he does look like Jabba the Hutt. Just... Anyway, Jason continues. The story played true to both the characters of Dead Man and Green Arrow very well. I almost thought Ollie was going to save the day right there at the end. But it was not to be, and even though the story led with Ollie shooting Dead Man in the chest with an arrow, I was still shocked to see it happen. Good coverage on this one, Clinton and Billy, and a great J.L. May episode. Well, I appreciate that, Jason. All right, so that is the feedback portion. I appreciate everyone for sticking with me, for sharing, for sticking, for uh, writing in and giving all the social media love and all that. Oh, goodness, I'm winded. And it's, yeah, it's been an episode, hasn't it? Alrighty, so let's wrap it up here before I become a rambling mess. And just say, thanks for sticking in. Hope you come back for another one. And remember, this is the podcast where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. 